Ah, yes, rolling right along here on this Saturday morning. Let's hit the guest line and once again, welcome aboard friend of the show, and that is uh, Brian Custer, Showtime Boxing. Did a fantastic job a couple weeks back out in Las Vegas throughout the course of the week for the uh, big McGregor-Mayweather bout and uh, setting all kinds of records, bringing in all kinds of cash. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Moo. <laughs> How you doing, it's Brian? Aggie. How's everything? You know, brother? it's funny to be around Moose in New York City when, like, you know, if we're ever like out and about, you get that all the time. It's like, why are people booing us as we walk down the street? It's like, no, they're saying Moose. It, it literally happens. I'm not making that up. Uh, Brian, how you doing? You did such a great job on Mayweather McGregor. That was an that was a huge spot, but you totally like rose to the occasion. You were awesome. I went back and oh, watched I- it. You were great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, you did a fantastic job. I, I Before we get into tonight's match, Brian, you know, as you, you've had a couple weeks to digest uh, everything and that spectacle that night in Las Vegas, anything hit you? You know, when you, when you think about that fight, think about that night in Las Vegas, what are you going to think about most? Well, you know, for me, um, it was just great, number one, being there. Um, and I think, number two, I was mostly happy that, you know, for the people who paid a hundred bucks to watch that fight, they got entertainment. Mm-hmm. And to me, that Good was point. what I was most concerned about because I just didn't want another uh, Mayweather-Pacquiao. And I remember when we talked about this fight last time, I remember saying, "Look, this fight can't go past you know eight rounds. Otherwise, it's da- that's the danger zone uh, for McGregor." And it played out just the same way. I mean, that's basically what Floyd did: just waited until he knew he was going to gas out said okay now i'm gonna take him out yeah um but at least the people got entertainment and it was an entertaining fight for the the length that it lasted and to me that's what i felt uh most happy about that at least people got their money's worth yeah and you know mcgregor was definitely overmatched but he didn't embarrass himself i mean it was some things were a little amateurish uh, rabbit punches that when he got inside didn't really know what to do with it when he got in there but i'll say this he did not embarrass himself but floyd definitely draw him into deep water and then drown him um, let's look ahead to this fight, though. I mean, for the person out there, maybe if you haven't been following Alvarez, if you haven't been following Triple G, I mean, Brian, just describe the styles here and sort of why you think this will be a great fight. Uh, I think, you know, when you look at Mayweather-McGregor, to me that's going to go down as probably the event of the year. Um, and, you know, obviously when you talk about the records and things of that nature, but if you want to talk about the probably the fight of the year, this is – really got all of the things that you want if you want to see the fight of the year. Canelo is a guy, even though he's for the most part a counterpuncher, he is a guy, he's Mexican, and he does nothing but come forward when he fights. He loves that type of style. Triple G is, let's face it, I know I'm using hyperbole, he's a killer. I mean, at one point he had like 21 or 22 straight knockouts, unbeaten, um, he does nothing but come forward and throw bombs. And there's a reason why, you know, he'll always say in his broken English, I fight Mexican style because he doesn't know how to fight on the back foot. He doesn't know how to really move. He just comes forward and tries to knock you out in every fight. That's why I think so many people are salivating for this because they know if you want action. That's exactly what you're going to get with these two guys. You know, Brian, sometimes we don't get boxing and matches between two guys at the right time. I'll ask you this. I know Triple G's 35 years of age. Is it the right time? Is, you know, are, are both guys, you know, even even with uh, Triple G's age, does this fight come at the right time for both fighters? 
Okay, let me give you. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you the the the, the boxing politically correct answer first, and that is. Well, it had to happen. This is the right time for this fight to happen because, you know, even uh, as much as 18 months ago when this fight was supposed to happen, you know, Canelo wasn't a true middleweight then. He needed a couple of fights, you know, to kind of put on some weight uh, to get accustomed to the 160 weight limit. So that's why he fought at 153. He fought one fight at 154. So he needed a couple of fights under his belt, really, uh, to feel comfortable. Okay, now let me give you the real answer. <laughs> real answer is, okay, this fight could have happened maybe two years ago. Could have happened 18 months ago. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Canelo is savvy. A, uh, Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy is his promoter. And they wanted to drag it out as long as they can. Why? They wanted to get Triple G a little bit older. And hopefully that he's, he's gotten some, uh, some speed off that fastball. And they saw, hey, Daniel Jacobs really took him 12 and, and gave him, you know, some problems. Like before that, Kell Brook, even though he stopped, Triple G stopped Kell Brook, Kell Brook was a welterweight coming up to middleweight, but yet really touched up Triple G. So, you know, he had his last couple of fights, people are like, you know, hey, he's, he's getting slower now. Now it's time to get him. So really, I think that's really where it comes down, come, boils down to they felt like, hey, look, let's, Let's drag this out a little bit, get him a little bit older. Let's see who he fights. Oh, okay, he's getting been touched up a couple. Of, okay, now's the right time to get him. Yeah, we're talking with Brian Custer, Showtime Championship Boxing host. And, you know, you're right. I also think they went for maybe like a little bit of a quick and easy payday to have Alvarez fight Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Obviously, that's a huge battle for Mexico when they knew that Alvarez was going to be a lot better. I think that was to build up a lot of goodwill with the Mexican audience. You know, uh, to me and Brian at the weigh-in, Alvarez, yeah, Alvarez, he looked pretty big. You know, he's yeah. kind of bulked up a little bit. You were talking about him and in terms of putting on weight. Do you think ultimately that's a smart strategy? And do you believe that if he puts on the weight, that means that somehow he'll be able to absorb some of these punches that we know are coming from Triple G? Well, you know, I think you're right on it, Mag. I think he's t- he's taking the Daniel Jacobs route. Mm-hmm. And if you remember when Triple G fought Daniel Jacobs, who is true middleweight, you know, Jacobs, first of all, didn't, um, you know, they have two weigh-ins. You weigh in beforehand, and then the night of the fight, you weigh in as well. Now, some guys opt not to do it. Um, and depending on who's sanctioning the fight, whether it's the IBF, the WBC, things of that nature, you know, some people get fined for it, some people don't, depending on who's sanctioning the fight. You know, Daniel Jacobs opted not to re-weigh in uh, the night of the fight because he came in at, like, one seven, almost one eighty. Yeah. I mean, he was huge. He was big. I was there. When yeah, he fought Triple G, and he why? Because it's exactly what you said. I feel he felt like if I put on more weight and rehydrate bigger, I can uh, I can absorb his punches, and they won't be as um, hurtful to me. Now, keep in mind, Triple G dropped him in the second round, and you know Daniel still got up and then realized, okay, you know what? I can't slug it out with this guy. I'm still going to just box. And you know what? It was a close fight, very close fight. I think that's exactly what Canelo is doing. He bulked up a lot, and I think he's going to rehydrate. And he'll probably come in at about 175, I would probably think, for this fight. I don't know if that's to his advantage. I think it's his advantage that he is a smaller guy. And you know what? Box and move. 
Canelo. Don't stand in front of this guy. I wouldn't want to stand in front of Triple G. <laughs> Box and move a little bit. Yeah. Be a counterpuncher. Be who you are, but give him some movement because, you know, Canelo can move some. Uh, you've seen that in fights. You've seen that against Floyd. Um, I think that should be his strategy. I, I, I hope, for Canelo's sake, he doesn't say, okay, I'm just going to bulk up and now I'm going to go toe-to-toe with Triple G. It's great for us to watch it, but it would be detrimental to Canelo. We're talking to Brian Custer. does a fantastic job. Uh, Showtime uh, boxing champion, uh, Showtime championship boxing host and um, breaking down tonight's fight between Triple G and Canelo Alvarez. Brian, I'll ask you for both guys a uh, two-part question. What would a victory mean for Triple G? What would a victory tonight mean for Canelo Alvarez? Well, I think for Triple G, uh, it would be cementing his legacy on that pound-for-pound pound list. A lot of people have, have kind of taken him off uh, because they, they looked at the past uh, couple of fights and like, uh, maybe he's getting a little bit too old. Mm, maybe the skills really aren't there anymore. But, uh, hey, the guy's still unbeaten. And I think you not you defeat Canelo Alvarez and you can stay claim, you know, right up there with the Andre Wards of the world that, hey, look, I'm in that at least top five pound-for-pound best fighter in the world. For Canelo, boy, I tell you, he is – he is the only problem with Canelo is he has not made the conservative effort to speak English, whereas Triple G has. And I think Canelo is such a huge star, especially with the Latino and, and Mexican fans. If he would make the effort to speak English – oh, my gosh, he could be one of those boxers that could cross over yeah. into the mainstream, but he hasn't. Um, but a win for him, I tell you, a lot of people will be like, that's probably the biggest star, uh, without question, the biggest draw in boxing. Not to be a hater, says but, a lot. but those Tecate commercials have got to stop. Well, he oh, needs to learn English outrageous. just so we can get – we need a better uh, – it's just awful to watch. They are just terrible. <laughs> but it's funny, Alvarez definitely understands English. The last time I interviewed him yes. was with De La Hoya, and so De La Hoya was kind of translating for me, yes. which is kind of weird because you're interviewing them both at the same time. But I was talking, and, and Alvarez would listen to me in English and then answer me in Spanish. Meanwhile, Golovkin – the first time I interviewed him was like three years ago, and I I did appreciate, Brian, that he tried to speak English. Tries. He tries, because yes. at least some yes. of his personality does come across even when you are trying. You know, and now he makes his, his home in California. I don't think he's going back to Kazakhstan anytime soon. Uh, before we right. let you go, we got Darwin here for the bottom of the hour update. But uh, first of all, who do you think is going to win? And then I have a real insidery boxer question for you about Chocolatito. And just uh-huh. what happened against him against Rungvisai? He gets knocked out in the fourth round. And this is a guy who was on many pound-for-pound pound lists. It just yeah. seems like his career is over. But, Brian, start with who do you think is going to win the fight? Well, I, I, I'm one. I, I like the, the guy who has the most power. And I just think that, listen, it, it, it's really interesting that when this fight was first made, a lot of people said, oh, man, that's, this is Triple G. But lately now, a lot of folk are going with Canelo. And I, I can see why. I mean, they, they, they believe that he's got the goods. They believe that he has learned from that one loss from Floyd. He's, he's added more movement uh, into his game. And they think he's got the power by bulking up. I just think naturally powerful. Uh, I think Triple G's got it. And I think all he has to do is move his head a little bit because once he connects, it could be lights out. And I think if you look at Canelo's resume, who has he beaten that's been elite? And, you know, you got to sit there and you got to kind of be like, hmm, 
who has he beaten that's been rather elite? And you got to really think about that. With Triple G, you don't. Know, I mean, Daniel Jacobs, you can just go off and read off names after name of middleweight that he's knocked out. So I- I'm going to go with Triple G on this one. Okay, and then the Chocolatito really fast. I mean, I, I-, I know this is an insidery thing, but Chocolatito yeah. Gonzalez was, you know, one of the great boxers. And, you know, I yep. saw him get stopped at the Garden. It was a controversial decision yep. at the time. And then he just, I mean, he got flat out beat. Yes, he did. And, you know, I think when you have those little guys like that, they, they just, you know, it's like these little guys, it's like rock them, sock them robots. <laughs> you put them right in there, and these little dudes just go right and just throw punches and punches and punches and punches. And Chocolatito has got a lot of miles on him. As young as he is, he's got a lot of miles on him. And I think he, he has gone up against a guy who was hungry, and uh, he felt he felt uh, that hunger and how this guy – and, he, you know, the, the guy he fought felt – dismissed by the boxing public when mm-hmm. he got the first victory. Like you say, even though it was controversial, he felt disrespected. He felt like he won that fight and did it easily. Um, and I think he showed that by flattening and laying him out. And, yeah, I'm with you. I think Chocolatito days certainly is pound for pound, but his days in the ring. I mean, he's just going to be – the unfortunate thing now is just he's just going to be a, an opponent now, which is sad. But I tell you what, the great thing about this, Maggie, is – what a year it's been for boxing. I know. Everyone yeah. tried to talk about boxing's dead. Let me tell you, look at 2017. This is probably the best year boxing has had in years. Brian, 30 seconds here. Tonight going to be a great fight? It will. It will be a great fight. And I'm going to tell you something. I wouldn't doubt it would be so good that they'll probably want to do it again. Brian Custer, uh, Showtime Championship boxing host, uh, does a fantastic job, friend of the show. Because thank you for taking the time out this morning. We really appreciate it. Give us your perspective. You're great. Do a fantastic job. Enjoy the rest of the weekend, Brian. Thank you, man. I love you too, man.